1: On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for all the ratings and reviews. I read every one of them, and I really do enjoy the fact that you enjoy the show. Now, on to my guests for today, Will Kintish, an international trainer in networking. Will was an accountant for over 25 years, wow, that's a long time, before moving into his second career as a trainer in networking skills. He began as a part-time trainer for Dale Carnegie Training and was recruited to do a presentation on networking at a bank. In 2000, he left accounting after his firm was bought out by a bigger firm. He's been speaking about and training people in networking skills both in person and online ever since. Will addresses the fears many people face when entering a networking function and gives easy, actionable tips for meeting people, talking to them, and setting up a foundation for growing a relationship. Everything rests on building relationships with people who like and trust each other, he explains. He also tells us why arriving early to an event gives you an edge. Now, let's get better together. Will Kintish, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Oh, you are quite welcome, quite welcome. i uh fascinated by what you do for a living because... You uh, teach people how to network and also network yourself. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and it was like, Yeah, I use this podcast to network. And you're like, Well, I like to network. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Simple awesome. as that. Yeah. Simple as that. And, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about Kintish uh, networking <laughs> skills. Uh, a little bit later on. But uh, before we get into that, as I always like to say, my first question, I'm pretty consistent in this. So uh, let me uh, and the the listeners know how you got to do what you're doing today.
2: Well, Jerry, I don't know whether you're um, a believer in fate. I'm a great believer in fate. I uh, spent 36 years practicing as a CPA or chartered accountant, as we call ourselves here in the UK. I started work in 1964, before you were thought of, I guess. And um, I went all the way through to the year 2000. And uh, in 1998, for a hobby, I started to train as a trainer with an organization that I am damn sure you and our listeners have heard of called Dale Carnegie, who oh, was yeah. probably won. He wrote the first book on networking. Think about it. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Right, right. He wrote it in 1936, voted the best management book of the 20th century. Warren Buffett, our rich friend over in the States, talks about it and the management course he went on many, many times. So in 1998, I was still a a CPA, a chartered accountant. For a hobby, I was getting a bit fed up with accountancy and I said to uh, Dale Carnegie organization, Are you ever looking for trainers? And they said, yeah, we're always short of evening part-time trainers. I said, well, train me. They said, yeah, okay." So for two years, they trained me. And then in the year 2000, my accountancy firm, of which I was senior partner, we got taken over by one of the big national firms. And they said to me, Will, you don't like being taken over, do you? I said, I don't. They said, why don't you leave? And do your training full time. I said, I can't afford to. Do you know what they said? If we give you some money, will you go away? I said, How much? <laughs> Honestly, that's true. Yeah. I said, How much? So they offered me some money. I said, I'd better go and ask Mrs. Kintish. So I came home to Mrs. Kintish, and uh, most married men will uh, appreciate this bit. Mrs. Kintish said, That's not enough. Go and get some more. I went back and said, I want some more. They must have been desperate to get rid of me. They said, how much do you want? So I told them and they said, there you go. And off I went. And I left accountancy on May 31, the year 2000. We're now on June 7, 2021. So I've just passed my 21st birthday, Jerry. So for 21 years, I've done virtually nothing else but show people how to work the room. When that was beautiful, wasn't it, until Mr. and Mrs. COVID appeared because working the room became a bit redundant. And my clever wife, God bless her, said, hey, Will, you've got to stop people showing them how to work a room. You're now going to show them how to work the Zoom. And that's what I've been doing in the last 12 months. Uh, Oh,
1: a genius. She's a genius.
2: Well, she and I have been married for over 50 years now, Jerry. I mean, you're looking at an old man here. Uh,
1: well, my, my parents, 53 years. They've been married 53 ah, right. years. right.
2: So I'm a bit of a newlywed in comparison. To <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah th-
2: th- that's it. It's yeah. simple as that. Um, yeah. I've loved every minute of it. I spent five years showing people how to use LinkedIn, but then... Some guy said to me, "Well, I'd love to own your website." It was called LinkedInTraining.co.uk. I said, "Well, make me an offer." And he made me a crazy offer, so I sold him the website. And uh, but basically, all I've been doing for the last 21 years and seven days, showing people how to become effective and confident networkers. That's it. One trick pony. That's me. <laughs>
1: Well, I would think it's a little bit more than a one trick pony, but uh as as is everything in life, uh focus and you know becoming an expert in something leads to lots of other things. And so I'm I mean, wow, you, you've you've had your second career more than most people have had their first career. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: true. Yeah, well that's what happens when you become a veteran, really, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah,
1: no, it's true. It's really true. It's interesting that uh you so you started off as a hobby. I mean, what, what motivated you to, and, and, and back, so hobby back in the day would be side hustle today. Um, what made you, uh, you kind of pick networking? Well, and
2: that's the other irony. I didn't. Hmm. I Again, going back to the US, there's an organization which you may have heard of called BNI, Business Network International. Hmm. It was started probably down the down the road from where you live, Jerry, in San Francisco by a guy called Dr. Ivan Meisner. He had breakfast one morning in the bay uh, area of San Francisco. He was a lawyer, he had breakfast with um, with an accountant and a banker and one or two others, and they set up a networking club. Uh, I don't know what it was called in those days. That was, I think, in 1988. Hmm. It is now, there, there is a BNI chapter in every city in the world. Wow. And I believe he sold it out to private equity for billions uh, a year or two ago. And um, so what happened was I uh, I was in BNI as an accountant because I hadn't sold out yet. And I did a 10-minute presentation, and the banker in the group, the great thing about BNI, Jerry, is that if you join a local chapter, there can only be one lawyer, one accountant, one one banker, one printer, one digital marketeer, so there's no competition within that group. And the whole objective is that everybody recommends business to everybody else. Hmm. So that was the objective. So in 1998, I started to present – I did a 10-minute presentation, and the banker said, Will, that was a fantastic presentation. Will you come and motivate my team? And I did. And then I was invited to the head office of uh, what was then called the Royal Bank of Scotland, and they said, Will you come and do some training for us? At the time, I called it Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, which, of course, is a take on the book by Stephen Covey, Mm -hmm. seven habits of highly successful people my title was seven habits of highly successful bankers so the bank said no well we don't need to call it that we want you to call it networking so they gave me the title Mm. so all i've had an accidental career i mean i told you how i dropped into networking i got thrown out of school at 16 The headmaster told me I wasn't very clever and I ought to go and get a job. I said, What am I going to do, sir? He said, The only thing you're quite good at is uh, math. We call it maths. You call it math. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I left accountants, I left school at 16. And that's what I did for the next 36 years. So, although I'm the most proactive person I know, the two major moments in my life were directed by third party people, other people. So it's funny, really, isn't it? What happens to you in your life?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you, but you took the opportunity. I think that's the other thing. <clears throat> you know, th- there's lots of times in life where you get lucky or your skills or whatever. Someone sees the, your genius somehow. I mean, who knows how? And you're like, oh, I should do this. And you're like, okay. And then lo and behold, you made a career out of it. And then lo and behold, you made another career out of it. So, I mean, yeah, you've had... And interesting. I mean, that's so fascinating because a lot of times like entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs, they, they know they want to do like start a company or do something. They never know what they want to do, but they always think, oh, I'll do tech or I'll do this or I'll do that. And mostly tech because tech is quote unquote easy, which, which it's not, but, um, there's plenty of other ways to be an entrepreneur. And I find it fascinating that, you know, it's the it's sort of those people around you that that can sometimes push you in a good, good, solid way. And it's, it is interesting that, you know, from accounting. So normally I wouldn't expect accountant types, quote unquote,
0: <laughs> to yeah. be
1: good at a cocktail party or a networking event. Um, of course there's exceptions to the rule, just like engineers shouldn't be, you know, are not very outgoing and talkative. And I happen to be an engineer and of course I'm talking to you and, Da, da, da. everyone so else you, is
2: listening to. so this shouldn't be a surprise to you because engineers uh engineers and actuaries and to a lesser extent lawyers you are and we can only generalize you are not the outgoing sort of people are you engineers mm. aren't particularly and here you are doing what you're doing so like me you've had a massive u-turn in your career so don't be surprised at me. Perhaps we're the normal ones and the rest they are a bit odd. <laughs> Think about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the reason why I wanted to talk with you about networking and sort of how you do it and you've got a ton of experience in it Is like I think I told you before. I mean, I use this podcast to network with smart people. I use it as part of my business development process, but I actually secretly use it to help me learn how to talk to people. Um, Because again, I have an engineering mindset, so I have a hard time talking to people. And I've found that the more you practice something, clearly, um, the better you get at it, but it's hard to start. So, how do you tell people like me and, and the other people we talked about? How do you get started in networking? Because it's a little scary for some people. I mean, I've heard this all the time. So I'm curious what, how you start people off.
2: Okay. All right. Here's the secret. Me, you, and every one of us in the world, we network from the age of two years old. you said it about two minutes ago, struggling to talk to people. Jerry, that's all it is. It's just talking to people. Nothing more, nothing less. What you're listening to over here in the UK, you're listening to me, Will Kintish, who is a bit of a con man, really. Do you know why? Because I've been earning a living for 21 years and seven days teaching people how to talk to each other. Now, come on. That's all networking is. So what the heck is it that scares people? And the answer is, I don't, well, I do know to a point, But if you accept that really it's just talking to people, let's take it to the next level, though. If we're talking about business networking, there has to be some purpose to it. And it's simply about building relationships. So we talk to people with a view to communicating and building relationships. And here is the secret. Every single relationship that you value, whether it's a social or business relationship, has got to go through three key steps. Step one, getting to know people. Every relationship has to start somewhere. So you were looking for interviewees. I responded to you. That was the start of our relationship. We've had a few email exchanges. And here we are now building our relationship. The second step in the building of a relationship is the most important word of all. If you want more business, is the word like. L I K E. I hate the cliche, Jerry, but at the end of the day, people buy people. Hmm. It's the same in the States, it's the same in every country in the world. People buy people. You know, like me, that if you meet people that you don't like, you don't have anything to do with them. It's as yeah. simple as that. So what am I teaching? My marketplace is primarily, let me give you a general grouping, clever people, lawyers, accountants, MBAs, business school people, lecturers, researchers, uh, chartered surveyors, people who are very clever, engineers, and What I have to explain to them is I don't care what qualifications you've got. I don't care what degrees you've got. And I don't care what certificates you've got on that wall. If at the end of the day, people don't like you, you're going to struggle in your career. And it says, I was not a good accountant. I'm not being false modest here. I was a rubbish accountant. I am not very clever. But you know what? People liked me. And let's get to the third step. We've had no like, and the third step is trust. And how do we build trust? It's so, so simple. It's about being reliable. I used to have two signs on my wall as an accountant. And when I had staff in this business, I used to say to them, look, guys, if you're going to work with Will Kintish, there's only two things you have to do. You can make mistakes because we can all make mistakes. But if you break these two rules, you're not going to last working with me for very long. Rule one, do what you say you're going to do. Rule two, do it when you say you're going to do it. So let's go back to the engineers, the accountants, the lawyers, etc. What I say to them is this. They haven't got a clue whether you're a good engineer, whether you're a good lawyer, whether you're a good researcher. But they do know whether they like you and they do know whether they can trust you because you know, I'm sure you have the same experience as me. People overpromise and under deliver on a regular basis. I'll get that to you next week, Jerry. And what happens? It's three weeks later.
1: Mm. I'll
2: send you that email in the next hour and it doesn't come for two days.
1: Yeah.
2: I'll introduce you to Joe. Promise I'll do it by Friday. Mm-hmm. You have to nudge them to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessive. I've got to tell you, I have a I have a number of of obsessions. The one that is good is the one about reliability. Mm-hmm. Obsessive about being and not being late for things. Mm-hmm. Be there on time. Show respect to the other person because that's about the trust. Because mm-hmm. if you turn up late for something, you're saying, you know what, you're not that important. You can wait for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I've been that's what I've been talking about for 20 years. So what are the fears when people go into the room? The fears are as follows. Our basic human fear, which is fear of rejection.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Then we have fear of the unknown. And there's a third one that I can't remember, but it'll come to me in a minute. <laughs> <clears throat> but let's talk about fear of rejection. Yeah. If you walk into a room, oh, so so the strongest piece of advice I give to anybody who doesn't like going to an event, you ready for this? Loud and clear, get there early, because when you get there early, you haven't got to face all those strange faces that are already in communication, already. You get there early, you're immediately in command and control of the situation. So fear of rejection. I don't know whether you've heard the acronym fear. It stands for false expectations appearing real. Mm. So people are nervous. They walk in the room thinking, oh my goodness, nobody's gonna talk to me. Well, what I say to my audience is, I couldn't care less whether they talk to you or not because networking is about being proactive. You go and talk to them. You see a guy or a woman standing on her own against the wall, because they only ever stand against the wall, people on their own, and go up to them, smile, eye contact, and go like this. Hello there. Can I introduce myself? My name's Will. Will Kintish. Hi. You are Jerry. Jerry Bollander. Hi, Jerry. Nice to meet you. Where have you traveled from today? Why have you come to this conference today? I mean, what could be easier than that? Yeah. And off you go. Yeah. You're off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agreed. I mean, it's just funny because, uh, my, uh, my wife, my late wife, Jane, who, uh, I talk about all the time. She, she died from leukemia four four years ago. Um, you know, she, <clears throat> she did publicity for professional athletes and did PR and marketing. And the reason why we got together, we met at a, uh, at a, Pride breakfast. It's Pride Month now, so we literally met at the uh, Alice B. Tolkis Democratic Party Pride breakfast. Right. I handed her my card, and she said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll send you a note." And she literally followed Why up that did, day.
2: Excuse me, I interrupt you. Why did you hand your card to her?
1: Uh, She introduced herself to me. (laughs) She's like, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Jane. And I go, "Oh, I'm Jari. She's like, Hey, we're, we should do something together. Like London, who was running for supervisor at that time. She's like, oh, let's do a fundraiser for London. Um, And I said, yeah, that'd be great. And we exchanged cards and I was Uh, going to slow down, slow down. Yeah.
2: You didn't say that. You said I gave her my card. So she gave her card to you as well.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. Yes. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Keep going. Right. Okay. So, what happened after that?
1: Well, she she beat me to the punch. I was going to email her on Monday, and she emailed me that night was a Sunday. <laughs> so wow, Sunday and, night. Wow. Yeah. She well, it was a Sunday morning brunch or breakfast. But what she always told me, I mean, and she drilled this into my head. She was really good at this. Any, she would always follow up if she got a business card from someone immediately. She would follow up. It was almost like after the event, she would follow up, right? And I can't tell you how many times she, um, like, got business or got a contact. I mean, the reason why we were both at that breakfast was for London Breed, who's now the mayor of San Francisco, by the way, ah. uh, who, who introduced us. But the reason why we were there is because she, Jane and London, went to a, a networking event for sports or something and jane introduced herself and followed up with london <laughs> so i mean yeah it's like the fault fo- the, i mean uh, it, it's funny but yeah the follow-up was super important and and even like <laughs> with you know after she died and then i met my fiance now minerva it was follow it was the follow-up i mean literally it was because here's i
2: the, here's, the phrase, up. Gary, here's the phrase are you ready for this the fortune's in the follow-up.
1: Yes. Very good point. I do not know why. So I, I do not know why people don't follow up more. I mean, I know people.
2: Fear, fear of rejection. Yeah.
1: Fear of being too
2: pushy. They're hmm. bound to say no. Hmm. I'll wait for them.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's
2: crazy. Let me just go back a moment to business cards. Yeah. You originally said, I gave her my business card. Right? right. You then subsequently said we exchange cards. Right. What I'm telling my audience is the most important thing about business cards, if you spot what I call the aha moment or the light bulb moment, is to get theirs. Mm. Get their card. And mm. then you look at their card and you say, Jane, you know, it's very interesting. How do you, you look her in the eye and you say, How do you feel about me giving you a call? in the next day or so and let's continue our conversation then that is the classic follow-up follow-up with the call i mean these days we hope uh, a lot of people follow up with a linkedin invitation that's Mm -hmm. that's the next stage because of course linkedin is so powerful
1: right right well it's like this this it's i'm glad you brought that up because it's the permission i think people get nervous because they don't ask for permission to follow up. And, and I've actually wrote, I wrote this article a long time ago about permission follow-up. So if I'm talking to someone and we're, you know, doing stuff, I I can feel better about following up with them by asking, is it okay if I follow you up or, Oh, you know what? Let me send you an email. And if, of course you got to send, you know, follow up with that, but the permission is, Sometimes the barrier that people get all like, oh well, I just don't want to bother them or whatever. Especially technical people, like you said, technical founders, they for whatever reason won't have the process of following up because they think, one, oh, I'm going to annoy them. You know, I'm going to annoy them too. Like what you said before, hey, they'll follow up with me if uh, they want to. And you're right, it doesn't happen that way. And 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 the thing that got me over this was I remember getting really really busy and when I get really really busy I forget things right I mean it's everyone does right and you get older you know I'm I'm like you know in my 50 I'm 50 now so I'm getting getting to the point where I gotta like write stuff down all right Um, yeah
2: kids come I'm a kid I know
1: I know that's why I like having like the the wide spectrum of folks on the show um but I remember like oh, someone had reached out to me and we were going to do something and I wanted to do it. Like, don't give me, like, I was like, yeah, sure. I, I wrote a note, but then I got slammed with something and I forgot about it. Not, not because I'm like, don't want to do it. I just forgot. And so when they followed up, I'm like, well, thank, I'm so glad you followed up with me because I forgot. <laughs> so it's not as, this permission follow-ups are really good tactic. I,
2: so let, let me just uh, develop this for a minute. I don't know about you, but I get things are beginning to slowly get back to normal. People Mm -hmm. follow up. Uh, Will, I've been recommended to you. Will, we want some more training. Um, Will, uh, I believe you do this. Can I have a quote for work? Okay. Either conference speaking or training. Mm -hmm. Fine. So I have a long conversation with them and then I send them a proposal. And at the end of the proposal, it says, unless I've heard from you in two weeks, I'll be calling you again. And then I'm sure, like me, sometimes it goes quiet. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you follow up again and just checking you got my email again. Yeah. And then you follow up for the third time. When you get to the third time, you say, look, Jerry, I'm beginning to think I could be annoying you. Please give me guidance. If you don't want me to follow up anymore, tell me and I'll take you out of my follow-up folder. Now, for me, nobody can accuse me of annoying them because I've told them, tell me to get lost. Mm -hmm. But this is the big one for me. I hope, like me, you have enough knowledge, experience and expertise in your life that you're going to charge a client for, for the work you do, let's call it a thousand pounds, a thousand dollars. But the value that they are going to get out of that thousand dollars, I hope, is three, four, five times that value. So, what I'm trying to get across to people who don't like following up is saying you are following up to give the prospect a gift, mm. you're charging them a thousand. But the value they're going to get from your knowledge, your experience, your expertise is 3000 4000 So you're being mean. So just follow up because you're going to – and I'm talking to students all the time who mm. are trying to get jobs, MBA students mm-hmm. <coughs> who've um, – it costs $50,000 to do an MBA or whatever. Yeah. I said, look, you're following up. They're going to pay you $50,000 if you get the job. But my God, they're gonna work you to death because they're gonna make a hundred and fifty thousand dollars out of you. Yeah. So you're doing them a favor. So don't give up. Are you ready for this one? We don't like hearing no, but no is the second best answer after yes.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Cause he, so <clears throat> yeah, there was a there was a, a sales book called Start with No, I think one of them. Oh, right. Or or yeah, I think it was Start with No. And the reason <clears throat> the reason was was because. The the no is the anchor for where you're at. A yes can mean anything. I mean, the yes is like, oh, yeah, sure. And then nothing ever happens, right? Like it can't. And so, but a no is like, oh, well, you don't want that. Well, what do you want? (laughs) You know, and and I know like a lot of times I had this problem where it was hard to be um, like kind of brag about, oh, this, that, and the other thing was hard to, like show, Hey, well, you know, I'm, I have add all this value. That's another thing that people have a problem, especially in the sales process where, you know, when you're trying to, you know, networking, and usually it's because you want business or you want to find someone that can help you or whatever. Um, And I've always been better at it with clients as opposed to myself. And I think a lot of this networking and following up is, a lot or at least for me it was this sort of like oh i'm a fraud like this fraud thing like oh well i'm not as good as i say i am don't
2: tell me you've got imposter syndrome
1: yeah impossible like a lot of people do
2: (laughs) i don't have it at all i can't listen if you've been doing something for 20 years and you have lots of accolades and lots of testimonials how the hell can you have uh imposter syndrome Mm. i ain't got it Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have it either with your with with your expertise and the, the different things you've been doing, you shouldn't have it.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah. I say to people that at the end of the day, if you put a proposal to somebody, at that moment, the amount of income you've got is zero. Yeah. It cannot get any worse. They're not going to come around and beat you over the head with a baseball bat for trying to get business out of them. Just keep going. You want a yes or a no. The bit in the middle is unacceptable. Yeah. The silence. Yeah. And I've yeah. got lots of different ways of, I mean, I if I know somebody reasonably well, I'll send them, I'll do them a WhatsApp video. So if I'm following up, say, hi, Jerry, it's Will Kintish here. Listen, mate, I sent you that proposal. Do me a favor. Are we going to do business or not? You know, if not, just send me a text. Tell me to get lost and I'll be out of your life tomorrow. Make it funny because it can't, it can't get any worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: I have no business up you. So I'm sorry.
1: No, 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 no. I I love, I love, I love the passion for this because I see this all the time in younger entrepreneurs coming up, especially technical ones that have this great idea. They built an MVP now they're like, now what? Or I've actually also seen it in academia, where really smart people with Alphabet Soup after their name <clears throat> come in. They want to build a company after this cool thing they've done, and they, it's a cool thing. Don't get me wrong. Like it's people have like, oh, that's really great, but they get in the groove of I only know this. I am. Yeah. I am only comfortable with this. But. And of course they can network with all their muckety mucks and all the people that are going to praise them for the papers or whatever. And the engineering too, their technical prowess matters more than their personality prowess. I mean, to a first order in general, that doesn't happen as you kind of go on in your career or as an entrepreneur, it's all about how you communicate. It's all about if they know, like, and trust you hands down. It's not even about the idea. It's about you. Like it's you. It's like, do I like you? That's it. Right. Right the hardest thing in the world to do because, <laughs> and, and as you get older, as you know, like you're a little ahead of me, when you get a little older, you get more comfortable with what you've done. You've accomplished something and you get like, well, yeah, I got nothing to lose. And, 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 and you if you can get that across to a, a sensible person
2: at the age of 25, hopefully it'll help them. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's... And the other thing I say to people is this, that anyone who says I'm thinking of setting up a business to do X, I say to them, are you any good at X? Oh, yeah. well, I think so. I'm really good at it. I say, well, I'm delighted. I say, forgive me. I'm going to give you a one-minute lecture about your future. Number one, there is no business without paying customers. Hmm. They nod. I say, number two, here's the very bad news. The hardest thing in business is finding paying customers. Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm and here it is so what I'm saying to you new person new entrepreneur you tell me you're brilliant at digital marketing whatever it is from tomorrow onwards you need to spend every day every waking hour of your life doing marketing selling and promotion because unless you learn how to do that you're going to be like what is it 80% of businesses fail in the first three years or something like
1: that. no it's like 90 yeah it's pretty 90 yeah,
2: because exactly. they don't understand marketing selling and promotion I say if you want to do all this stuff and not get paid for it it's called a hobby
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean I, it's interesting because I I've been learning more and more about this like I have a hard time I, I'm working on my sales skills, which a lot of my, you know, it's tough for me. and but I'm working through it. and part of part of this podcast is, again, talking to people that know what they're doing, learning, practicing, okay, how am I gonna you know how am I gonna do this? Um, but one of the things that I always find with technical entrepreneurs is that they'll spend all this time developing the product. And then they'll think, well, I just want to go viral. Like I'm not going to spend the same amount of money and the same amount of time promoting, selling, marketing the product. And I don't think you can, I think it's about the same. I think if you spend a million dollars developing it and it took you two years, it's going to take you a million dollars in two years to sell it. And that may seem a bit like, well, no, Jari, there's all these, you know, no, it's pretty much accurate. So that's the thing I think is really important is to your point. Um, someone I was talking to the other day was like, Oh yeah, don't don't if you have an idea, just go sell the idea. If someone bites, then build it. <laughs> and I'm like, huh. It's like almost vaporware kind of thing. But the point, <laughs> you know. Yes,
2: go on. Go on. No,
1: but the point was in, in his case, the point was if you have a skill or a platform. Or something where you can actually develop something, or you've have something developed that's that's you don't know which way to go. Um, his thought was, well, look, if it's going to take, let's say it's a depending on the product, let's say if it say it's a B two B product, say it's going to take you three to six months to close a deal, you should be as you're either working on it or like figuring out what actually to build, go sell first. Um, but I'm not sure. What do you think of that? Just like. Sell first before you have something.
2: No, I don't like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I tell
2: you, that, that, uh, again, I have to generalize here Brits versus you, US people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We are a lot more gentle in our marketing, selling, and promotion. That's my perception. Mm. You guys, you, you go for the jugular too quickly, <laughs> right? I love it. And what I'm teaching people is do not – you never, ever need to sell. So let me give you the process. Number one, you go to an event. You meet people. You start to build relationships, and then we get to the core skill. And what is the core skill? Asking intelligent, insightful questions. And if you ask the right questions, Jerry, you might spot a potential opportunity where they might need your services, okay? You don't sell them anything. They ask you, what are you? You say, I'm an engineer, I'm a lawyer, I'm an accountant. You then forget that and you focus your whole attention on finding out what their issues are. No selling. If you think there's then an opportunity we do the exchange business card thing that we talked about 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? You know, you said something very interesting about da, 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 da. How about I give you a call later in the week? Let's continue the conversation then. And they say, okay. You get on the phone and you have a further conversation. It says look, how about we now get together? Now COVID's disappeared. How about we get together? You go to the meeting. And we're still not selling. We get to the meeting and we say, well, it was a good, it was lovely to meet you last week at the networking event, a bit of small talk. By the way, the small talk is the glue that binds the relationship. Don't forget that. You don't ever start conversations off with business talk. You always start off with small talk. That's why when you go to a business event, you never start off with, hello there, what do you do? Let's start off with what made you come to the event? Hello, where have you traveled from today? Hello, there isn't this a magnificent building. Find something in common right at the beginning to get that know and like off the ground. The business always comes later. So we're now at the meeting. I've met you last week at a business event. And it goes like this. A bit of small talk to start with. You've got a beautiful office here. And here's your cell. you ready? Simple as this. Do you remember last week, Prospect, you said you had an issue with X. As I told you last week, I don't know whether I can help you because I don't know enough about it at the moment. But you tell me what your problem is and I will make some proposals to you and let's see if we can do some business. And as far as I'm concerned, Jari, that's it. That's the sell. Because in theory, you've done your selling last week, two weeks ago at the event. Yeah. The fact that they've allowed you into their office means you've done 80% of the job. Last
1: week. Yeah, it's more. It's, it's a more
2: gentle process.
1: Yeah, it's more like be useful and be um, like. Be valuable to them yeah value don't try and flog them something
2: just because you've got a a sales target to hit
1: that's
2: why you, you americans would not do well in the uk trying to sell things
1: yeah no i've been i've been done business in the uk before um and it's a different animal. <laughs>
2: it's a, it's a, exactly. It's yeah. a different animal. You have to do it gently. You don't like to be... Do you ever go into a shop and the shop... Uh, I don't know where this is And they, they, they follow you around. Yeah, Let me show I hate you that. This. I hate then, that. Well, it's the same thing.
1: Yeah, I hate You just
2: that. want to be left alone. You want to look at the jackets. You want to look at the shoes. And when you see something, you call the assistant over and you try it on.
1: Yeah, I, I like the more subtle approach so maybe i like for me personally for actually someone pitching me i like the i guess the more uk approach or the more european i would say civilized approach
2: okay. you, <laughs> your word, mate, not mine. Your...
1: well it's a, you know it's a different it's a different uh culture it is, in some it's
2: a completely different but there's no reason why it shouldn't work over there Because we don't, you've just told me you guys don't like to be sold to as well. So try the gentle approach. It's all, how about this? When you went to school or college, you and I, we were judged on the quality of our answers. Yep. Uh In the world I'm talking to you about, we're judged on the quality of our questions.
1: Yeah, I like that. Quality of questions.
2: So there are four areas of questions. One is the icebreaker question that I've given you. Mm-hmm. The second one is the small talk. Are you writing an essay there? What are you writing? Are you writing War and Peace?
1: <laughs> I'm just taking notes. <laughs> oh,
2: good. I thought I thought maybe you're doing some planning for your next uh, Zoom meeting. Or oh something. no no
1: no! I'm I actually love I, I. So the way I learn is I have to take notes. Okay. Um, and so if, for me, that this reinforces it, and then I also take notes. So I can ask follow up questions. So, um... uh,
2: so you gave. So when somebody says to you, "We might be interested in talking to you further about that," mm-hmm. or we didn't know that. That is called the aha moment. Mm-hmm. In every business, in every conversation, you should be looking for an aha moment. Now, the aha moment might often might not be an advantage for you. It might be an advantage for them. Somebody says something, and you say, "I can help you with that." That is an aha moment. The first principle of networking is always, what can I do for you? Who hmm.
1: can I introduce you to? What can I do for you? And yeah, thing- I like to say that. Um, I, I always say when I talk to people about when they pitch a company, the words you want to hear from them, because I, I, I always tell everyone, okay, you know, clear, concise, compelling, big idea, short, sweet, and you want them to say, tell me more. Because that's permission to then rant on about what you do. And so it sounds like it's similar. You know, I, I like this because I've I've always had this, I don't know what it is. I've always had this like inkling that it's a you know, networking, business, sales is about helping people understand, like maybe help them understand the problem they have. And and your point, the I'm networking sure. is how can I help you or how can I introduce you?
2: We go, we go networking, Jari, to create a platform to meet them afterwards. We do not do any selling. We do not do any real business at the event. We're just fishing at the networking mm. event. We're fishing for information to, to qualify whether they're worth meeting at the next stage of the relationship.
1: Yeah, because I think that's also valuable too. I mean, one of the things, again, and this is all about the storytelling stuff that I do help clients with, especially tech entrepreneurs and tech founders, how to tell their story that doesn't glaze people's eyes over. Um, the the power of that opening statement, that opening big idea, that you know elevator pitch is, I think, this permission to either move on or, oh, you're not interested? Okay, it was great to meet you. Move on.
2: So ask me what I do. So when you meet me at an event, we've talked about the weather, that it's fog again in San Francisco.
1: Yes. Ask me what I do. So, so well, yeah, what? Yeah. What do you do?
2: Well, Jari, at the heart of what I do is simple. I show my clients how to develop their online networking skills. And as soon as we come out of lockdown, I'll be going back to show them how to become effective and confident networkers. Huh. Everything there should not be more than twenty seconds for each question in that particular arena of questions. Yeah, because I, because if they then say, "Tell me more." That's okay, but if they then say to me, which baseball team do you support?" They're not interested in me in my networking, and we'll talk baseball. Well, not we'll will talk soccer in the. Uh, well, no, it, uh,
1: it's football. I I, I get football. football. But... <laughs> I mean, are you a Manchester fan? Clearly, I'm or... afraid so. I'm a Manchester <laughs> United fan,
2: but I've only been a Manchester United fan for fifty five years. That's okay. Me.
1: So you're 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 waiting. You're hoping. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I'm hoping that we're going to do play some decent football <laughs> so yeah it, it's not about giving your whole damn website down their throat i call it the verbal striptease verbal you take striptease. One, you take one layer off at a time and you just hope that you're going to entice them with the next layer by them keep, it's your word by them keep saying tell me more tell yeah, me more hey yeah. i'm interested in that
1: I love that. And I think the other thing that if you're nervous about networking, I'd love your comments on this. The more questions you ask and have other people talk, actually people think you're a great conversationalist. <laughs>
2: because, Here, here's the Dale Carnegie quote. Yeah. 1950, the most interesting people we ever meet are those who are most interested in us. Hmm.
1: I love that.
2: So when you leave an event, I want them to think, you know, that Jari, what an interesting guy. The fact that they knew nothing about you is an irrelevance, but they loved you because you shone the light on them and made them feel special.
1: I like that. That's so true. I really like, I'm glad you brought that up, Will, because a lot of people get nervous. I mean, the nerves are like, I think was what prevent us from the connection, from the um, like, oh, I have to go to this thing. Like, I'll give the best example of this is when you go into like a uh like what's called demo day for startups. Like you, oh, I got into an accelerator. I'm gonna pitch my company in front of a bunch of investors and family offices or whatever. And the the amp is high. So it's a networking event, it's a specific networking event where you're put on, you know, showcase to try to get investors. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, you're pitching your idea constantly. And it's, you know, you're supposed to be, but you find that the ones that get the most traction are the ones that are like, well, so what are you doing? What do you invest in? How, you know, why are you here? Like, you know, it, that's a, a memorable thing, huh?
2: If I was going to pitch in front of a load of people about my business, yeah, I would simply start off and say this. If you have a team of younger people who you know need to network, but don't, I can show them how to do it, and the result will be your business will create more business opportunities mm-hmm. because people don't, people don't buy drills. What do people buy a drill for? They buy a drill to make the whole. So you always start off with the afters. You always start off with the result that people are going to get from your product or service because that's all people are buying. What's in it for me? That's yeah. all they want to know. They can deal with the process and the technical stuff later. But, yeah. but scientific and technical people that you, and that you keep talking about have got to show off. They've got to talk dirty jargon all the time. Yeah.
1: Buzz buzzword right? bingo. Buzzword bingo. Whereas if you're
2: talking <laughs> to business people, you say, when you've got a problem with productivity or, or some sort of flow chart, I can help you because I've got a process for showing you, and then they'll be interested. But to spend
1: twenty minutes
2: giving them uh, scientific um, jargon is not good.
1: No, it bores them for sure. By the
2: way, I don't know how long we're on, but I don't know how long your podcast. Are you gonna Are you gonna be editing this down?
1: No, I normally don't. I just let it go. So well, then in
2: that case, (laughs) in that case, I want I want to give our audience a piece of information. It's going to set them up for their lives.
1: Awesome. Well, this would be a great place to end then. Okay, cool. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready.
2: Every room that you, me, and the rest of the world have ever been in is formatted in exactly the same way. When you go into a room, there are only six formats. There are three open formats, and there are three closed formats. The three open formats are as follows. Number one, the individual standing on his or her own. They're standing against the wall, praying that you will go and talk to them. All right. Mm-hmm. And you go up to them slowly. I've already said it. Eye contact, smile. Hello there. Can I introduce myself? And off you go. That's format one. Format two are couples who stand in open format in a V shape. They're generally called men. And I'll explain that in a moment. The third open format are trios who stand in a semicircle. They are also generally called men. Those are the three open groups. Their body language is saying, come and join us. The three closed groups are the closed two. That's two people facing each other. The closed three, which is the triangle or the group of four or more who are either in a square or a circle, depending. Their body language is saying, don't come in at this moment. And those are the six groups. So one of the major fears people have about networking is fear of the unknown, apart from fear of rejection. So the fear of the unknown, the next time you walk into a room, Jari, you walk in there, and if you remember what I've told you in the last three minutes, you'll think, hey, that Will Kintish was right. There they are, the open groups and the closed groups. And the later you walk into that room, the more the groups will be closed because people will have started to form the relationships. And that's why you get there early.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really great. Really great advice. Um, and I think, yeah, if you're a young entrepreneur coming up, the next generation, clearly one of the most important things to work on is going to be the skill of networking. Because I I agree with you. It's like p- people buy from people. They want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. That's a, That's a process that takes time. You have to develop it. Um, it should be just part of your repertoire. I mean, I don't. They don't kind of teach you this in graduate school, for sure. They don't teach you this in MBA school.
2: They don't. Uh, well, no. I earn. I earn a lot of money teaching MBAs all over the, all over. I did Texas University uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason they don't go networking is because what we've been discussing. Will anyone talk to me? I'm. I'm too young, you know, uh, and. I mean, we could go on for hours about this.
1: (laughs) It's true. That's true.
2: I say to young people, if you don't network, it won't stop you becoming successful. But if you're good at the job and you're a good networker, whatever career goals you've got, you will hit them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Will, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a great, great conversation and, I just love learning all this new stuff. Some of it I already knew, but some of it just kind of reinforced what I already know, and really appreciated. And uh, good luck! I think you were saying that you're going to be moving closer to your kids and your grandkids. So, uh,
2: my seven grandchildren. You, say, just... you have a final question. Don't forget the final
1: question. Oh, well, yeah. What would you uh, What would you tell the next generation of entrepreneurs that are coming up?
2: Two pieces of information. Become very visible online and face-to-face and be proactive. Don't wait for the world to come to you. You go to the world. You walk into that room. You attend events. You become visible because you're a secret. And here's my final quote. This is my quote, Jari. Strategy for survival is visibility.
1: Mm. I agree. I agree. And uh, Jane would agree as well. So, Will, thanks again for your time. Well, good luck. Stay it. safe. And uh, best. can't, can't wait to actually go to a, ne- a networking event now. Try all this good stuff out. <laughs>
2: well, hey, you haven't asked me about my website, kintish.co.uk. There's a ton of free stuff on there for everybody. K-I-N-T-I-S-H, kintish.co.uk. Loads of videos, how to work a room, all sorts on there. Make sure the audience know that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll put a link in the show notes for sure.
2: Okay, all the best.
1: All right, thanks. Thanks, Will, for taking the time to be interviewed. I really enjoyed our conversation and learning how to network a little bit better since we're always (laughs) trying to level up our game here on the podcast. Now, as promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from Will. Be visible Grow your presence online in addition to going out and meeting people. So yeah, I mean, in the Google world, people are going to look you up, right? So make sure you have some presence, what I like to call kind of signs of life, right? Start with small talk. The first step is making a connection and building a relationship. People want to help and do business with others they like and trust. Don't go straight in trying to make a sale. And I think this is a really important point that relationships are very important. And even like in jujitsu, it's position before submission, as they like to say. So what that means is make sure you're in the right frame of mind. Make sure you kind of understand what those other people want. Because sometimes if you go in directly to like, hey, you know, why don't you buy this from me? It might not be something they want. and You might just put them off. So always be helpful is what I like to say. Always try to get to know someone, right? Ask intelligent questions. Look for areas where you connect or you might be able to offer help. And again, like I just mentioned, be of service, be helpful. People are generally more attracted to and want to work with and want to talk to people that are offering help. Now, sometimes that may be a little weird to think about, but always be like very inquisitive and in asking questions. I think the actual asking questions more often than talking is probably the best way to go, at least in my opinion. Prompt follow-up is key. Set up a time to get to know each other better while you're still fresh in their mind. So if you're going to meet with someone, you're at an event, and you're like, hey, I'd love to follow up with you, if you can, make a make a time to call like when you're there. Um, this is a good uh, way to do this even when you meet someone over email or even like on matchmaker.fm, which is where I met Will, to have that conversation. So there you go. Actionable insights that I learned from Will about networking. Thanks again, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.